spidey senses tingling. Hello. One of my favorite games growing up, Earthworm Slim mm. in the house. <laughs> Welcome to the Paper Keg Podcast. I sound great. You do. Uh, paperkeg.com, check it out. The hottest podcast to ever hit New Jersey in its dark, miserable history. Central to South Jersey, at least we know. All of New Jersey. Uh, paperkeg.com, check it out. Industry news, the books we're reading, and a book club book. This week, what's the book club? Gladstone School for World Super World. <laughs> did you did you <laughs> read the book? Conquerors work Mark World's Conquerors. Mark, we do this podcast, right? It's about comic books that we read. I didn't check my notes. Club. I didn't check my notes. It was in an email. Superman was not in it, so Mark just snoozed the way through yeah. it. <laughs> Uh, and then we'll read your letters to close out the show. Live tape. Live. If we have time, we'll get to some of them. Yes, we try. Uh, we have an illustrious roundtable I don't today. know if you should do the introductions today, No, do you want to? you should save your voice. You handle the introductions, Jonesy. I'll, I'll, you know, give me your baton and I will, yeah, I will take to, up your burden. Jonesy sees this as an opportunity for his future right now. <laughs> he does, yeah. <laughs> look look Just good on a resume. Just try to expand my horizons. To my immediate right. Dethroned historian, magical TV performer, magical TV, who was in a skit with a guy who wore, wore a horse mask. It was excellent. To my immediate opposite. Did you even say his name? No. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Farrington, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I like the, the dramatic show. pauses in the intro. It wasn't bad. Well, I'm just trying to copy Slump as best I can. I liked We're it. probably going to have to get right to the book club book at this point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, going more quickly to my immediate opposite. Uh, he used to be the podcast bed boy. Now he's the podcast golden boy. Oh. The one that stood up for the fans, the people's champion, Dale underscore A. Thank you. You did a little hand movement. Good to be here. Uh, listeners yes. couldn't hear it. See it. The horse gentleman to my left, uh, the dying member of Paper Keg, sending your cards, uh, our fearless leader at Slim on the Twitter. It's an honor to be here. You sound sir. terrible. <laughs> Listen, I might have some kind of debilitating disease, but we're going to get through it. It doesn't hurt that he sprayed insecticide. <laughs> <laughs> in the studio before we recorded. Uh, listen, I used the bathroom before we recorded the show, and <laughs> I tried to be a nice guy and spray afterward. Right. Yeah. So I just, oh, there's a green spray can right next to the toilet. You know, turns out it's insecticide. We're, we, uh, we're running out of time. I don't feel well. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Uh, we have probably the biggest show in the history of podcasts today. A lot of pressure there. Uh, and the news that have has rocked the internet. Burn it down. Just came out yesterday on Twitter. Twitter broke the news. The infinite is over. Creative differences has ended the book. Your really? thoughts? Your thoughts? Uh, internet champion Dale underscore A. Man, the infinite. I I, don't, I've, I haven't read in one episode. I have no feelings that is breaking up. You say so you don't feel sorrowful. I don't feel anything. I feel 
Like I can, you look beaming almost that it's. Over. I'm happy. I wanted to really? spray insecticide in both of their faces. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know anything about the internet. I'm going to be honest with you. It's a comic book. Uh, Robert Kirkman wrote it. Yeah, and uh, Mr. Liefeld, uh, right? Mr. Rob Liefeld, uh, the the first internet bad boy. He is uh, getting all of his books canceled. I think so. It's he not had, just the infinite. He so far including infinites too, but now he has three new ones. Right with three. the DC. Yeah, that are also getting canceled. They, Maybe in eight months. Who knows? Stay tuned a couple weeks for, for the news didn't, portion of our show. Did anyone read The Infinite here? I did I not read it. I, I read the first issue. What was the premise? Uh, Jock my memory. Dude uh, tries to save the future, goes back in time, um, and meets up with his younger self. And he forms a dynamic duo to save the future. Of himself and himself fighting crime? That's correct. They had big guns. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't see His Twitter was weird. It said that uh, creative differences, like a few days before he said it was over, he said that the fifth issue is going to be late because the anchor that he got to finish the book, I guess nobody, the like the head honchos didn't agree that it was good enough, so they had to go back and have them re-inked. And then his mm-hmm. follow-up to saying that it was over was, I don't know, some weird stuff. Some ch- cockamamie. Some baloney. What imprint was it under? Skybound. That's Kirkman's own imprint. Mm-hmm. So Kirkman gave himself a hard time about the book? Well, that's it. he's the boss, so I guess he probably made the final say. Kirkman wow. had creative differences with himself, I guess. Or Liefeld. Oh, with the art. Yeah. Is what he's saying. Does yeah. Liefeld's opinion even matter at this point? He's a hot seller, Mark. In the DCU, I'm not sure if you're up on the up and up with the new DCU. I read Hawk I and Dove. It's tough. Uh, he's taking over Deathstroke, who looks identical to Deadpool, even. in the cover now, and Grifter. What else is he doing? Hawkman. Good grief, Hawkman. Hawkman. <laughs> so he's he's plotting Hawkman, right? He's not doing anything else. That's what I believe. I think, yeah, he is on plots. I'll have to confirm that. Plotting the book's demise. <laughs> <laughs> Plotting the last eight issues of the book. <laughs> I uh, I read the first Savage Hawkman. Uh, not that this is a roundtable discussion, but uh, did you guys all read it? Yeah. Before I go mm-hmm. to this, th- no. It spent more time trying to tell me why he can summon the wings without having the wings than it did any kind of plot. You guys know that? No. Your thoughts? I don't even want to talk about it. It sounds terrible. Let's yeah. move on. I've no <laughs> Next piece of news. Uh, what about this Earth 2 business coming back? Everyone excited about that? Mark Farrington, his pants just got tight. Not really, no. They oh, got a little limp. Earth 2, uh, James Robinson, right? Your boy. My man. What I don't get about Earth 2, and granted it hasn't come out yet, so I haven't read it, but they're trying to do the new 52 to stay away from what DC used to be, but they're moving back towards classic DC. Earth 2 is an old concept of parallel Earth where the heroes from the JSA and the World War II heroes reside on. So not much is given about Earth 2, but all we know is that's where the JSA is going to be in this new 52 universe. Man, can't they just get rid of that damn JSA? Isn't that why we rebooted in the first place? Maybe People like it. Yeah, but they're, you, I mean, you guys, just because it's a concept of old, Superman's a concept of old, they rebooted Lame him. Concept. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's not why not do it. Well, they probably this is probably it. their love letter to all their old fans that are 
PO'd that they can't get the junk that they bought before. Probably. So, like, 20,000 people are going to buy the first issue, then it's going to go to, like, 15,000, and that's it. Let's be real. I'll be in line with them, too. I love the JSA. Uh, I just have my doubts about Earth, too. How about Static Shock getting canned? Static Shock and five other titles. Yeah, did you Static read, Shock. Did you read the story behind Static Shock? The The original writer came out on a message board and said the, the, the true story behind it. John Rosam. Rosam. Uh, sounds familiar, but he, he left after like the first three issues. Let me guess: conflict with uh, Dan Didio. Um, I mean, just shot in the dark. He left, and then his word was, you know, you know, had a great time at DC, blah blah. blah. So he wrote on a message board and said, um, "The editor and the artist Scott McDaniel were like taking over the book. Like his high concept villains in the book was all McDaniel's idea, and his arm getting ripped off." was all the editor's idea and, and like Spoiler. he barely had any yeah, really. script at the end of the first like two or three issues. Really? And he said he didn't want his name to be attached to a total turd. So he left the book. <laughs> and then Did he, he say the words sure total he turd? Said, he said turd. <laughs> That's message board talk right there. <laughs> it is. It was a smart move on his part because by issue eight it's getting canceled. Yeah, I think Scott McDaniel wrote like the second or third or fourth issue after yep. he just like took his, he's like take my name off the books is awful. Wow. It's one of six titles that DC is canceling. You got Static, you got Men of War, Mr. Terrific, Omac, and Hawk and Dove. Oh, no, not Mr. Terrific. No. <laughs> not the T-Spheres. No. Not the T-Spheres. What's funny, though, is three of those books all star, star minority characters. That's not so, funny. I don't find that funny. Yeah, I don't think that's funny Why would you think that's funny, Mark? All three of you guys are borderline skin... Well, all two of you guys are borderline skinheads. <laughs> Dale knows rap and likes black people, so... <laughs> I, uh, I will shout is, Dale. Wait, wait, what? Dale is the internet champion here. I, I the people's internet champion. So, remember the big argument a couple months back about no minority characters, and then New 52, we get a couple books starring minorities? Cyborg. He doesn't have his ongoing yet. He's on the cover of Justice League 5. There you go. That's all he needs. We're going to have a long talk about tokenism on the way back. <laughs> tokenism. tokenism. But anyway, all jokes aside, those six titles are getting canceled. Uh, out of all of them, Static's the only one I really cared about. Uh, what's some of the new titles? Dial H is getting some kind of author doing the book. Yeah, like Dial novelist? H is coming out by... Dial sorry, H trying to find it. Dial H for Herder. No. For murder. Yeah, I, I got it. By China <laughs> Mievo. Oh, yeah, Good lord. Mark's pronunciation taking a hit yeah. today. Yep. You got Earth 2 written by Paul Levitz starring Power Girl and Huntress from the Earth 2 universe getting stuck on the new Earth. Wait, I thought, the Earth, I thought the Earth 2 no, no, book no. was the JS. World's Finest. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. World's Finest. DC Hold on. Historian. Hold on. Hold the phone. So the plot of this is two people from the old continuity get stuck in a new... Do 52? Two people from Earth 2. Power Girl, the cousin of Superman, and the daughter of Selena Kyle and Bruce Wayne. Right. Is this like on Earth 2. breaking news that DC's New 52 is falling apart at the seams? I'm not. You're you know, breaking it right now. Live am I breaking on it? On the wire. Or, you know, the people just know this and they're afraid to say it. We're running out of time. Thank God. This <laughs> segment makes me want to hang myself. Fair enough. Uh, let's get into what we're reading right now, live on the show. And new and old, we'll pass uh, the torch around the table, and the person has to hold the torch and talk about what they're reading. I love holding the torch. Um, that's why I want to start with the internet champion, Dale underscore A. <laughs> what are you reading this week, 
Dale. Daredevil, number eight. Sorry, Jonesy. It's all right. Uh, <laughs> We're friends. Your book. We're that's friends. your book. But I'm going to do Amazing Spider-Man, so it's cool. I, I had to read that. I <laughs> know. Um, this is part two of the fabulous storyline I talked about a few weeks ago. Mm. Mark Wade writes the little triangle, black cat, Spidey, Daredevil, in uh, some sort of cahoots. Spidey and Daredevil trying to bail Black Cat out of uh, whatever kind of trouble she's gotten herself into. Mm-hmm. Well, she didn't really get herself into trouble. They're, she's being framed. Spoilers. She's being framed. And uh, basically what happens towards the end is it's pretty amazing. Uh, Daredevil gets gets a little his. You know what really? I mean? Really? From Black Cat? Black Cat. Spoilers. Oh, my word. But not without possible Black Cat could have possibly been put up to maybe... Getting into it, she was to steal something. She had sex with Daredevil to get something out of it. That's quite, inappropriate. Quite possibly, quite possibly. I don't know any women that would do that. Personally, but, if I'm offended. But Daredevil was happy to see that he finally met a woman that he doesn't trust. So he he knows what he's he's expecting. Not much, you know. And uh, it was really cool. Spider Man saw the two of them kissing on a rooftop, and Spider Man said, "I think this is the uh, my supervillain origin story because he saw it." <laughs> <laughs> really great, uh, really great book. Mark Wade, um, wrote, people, people wrote love that, John. People love Mark yeah. Wade. Yeah, and the uh, the Daredevil artist is really, really good. Kano, Kano, I love totally. him in Mortal yeah. Kombat. It's actually a different person. It's not the same. <laughs> it's actually Kano. I don't oh, really? Artist. He's not a fictional character. Yeah, his cold is making you a chore to work with. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> really recommend, and then it looks like the Black Cat storyline is going to continue in Daredevil. But uh, I'm, I've been caught up with Daredevil now. It's really, really impressed me. I'm glad I, I started reading that. And uh, beware to all you digital readers out there. It seems to be locked in the Marvel app. Hmm. Some internet shenanigans going on there. You can't find it in the Comicsology app. You got to go straight to the Marvel app. Crazy. Just throw your iPads out the window right now. Uh, before we get into the politics of that. Uh... In that issue, I did love the part where uh, Spidey knows that Daredevil and Black Cat have retired to the bourgeois. So, like, Spidey doesn't want it to happen, so he keeps trying to get in touch with Daredevil and Black Cat. <laughs> yeah. And, like, the answer machine goes on. It's like, uh, Matt, it's me, Pete. Uh, I tried all six of your lines, and I can't get a hold of you. Can you please call me back right now? It's the uh, hilarious writing by Mark Wade on that. Poor Spider-Man. Unless he's looking for a little rebound and... uh if anybody's going to give it to him, it would be Black Cat. But he's banged like ninety chicks in the past, you know, year. He just got to have a relationship. Carly Cooper, come on. No, that's a Daredevil. Daredevil was banged ninety chicks. Both, both of them. Both of them to get around. But, like Daredevil's a guy that also like has a one night stand and like orders the china once they when they're getting married and yeah, you know, then they turn out to be a secret ninja. He's got yeah. a tough life. Man. Great yeah. book. Great book. Okay. This had some of the best one-liners that Spider-Man or Daredevil has ever said in this one title. Yeah. Finally, a woman I don't trust. I laughed out loud. Hysterical. Uh, I'm going to take the reins right now. I'm going to go next. Ooh. You know, we're going to switch this it up a bit. This is crazy. This episode is psychedelic. Amazing Spider-Man. What? <laughs> wow. No I way. picked up... I don't even know where I am right now. Amazing Spider-Man. I'm proud of you. After, uh, Look at me. Look at me in my eyes. I can see it in I'm your eyes. I'm proud of you. Amazing Spider-Man, you know, this is a little, I think, two-part storyline from uh, Dan Slott and uh, his frequent Spider-Man collaborator, Umberto Ramos. Right. So this, uh, 
you know, you follow Pete around in his, his work at Horizon Labs, you know, his nerd factory that he works. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of his coworkers shows off his latest invention. It's a doorway into the future. Ooh, that's dangerous. So he goes into this doorway and, you know, he sees the paper from the next day. Pete goes in. Total destruction. Hmm. New York is gone. Ravaged. Somehow. So Pete, you know how it works. Pete left the past and went into the future. So he was missing for that 24 hours. So Pete's missing somehow enabled this total doom and destruction to happen. What? So, so Spider-Man was not able to prevent this, essentially. Right. So he sees this watch that stopped at, the, at a certain time. So Pete says, oh, this is when Doomsday happened, you know. I got to find out what happened. So he works with this dude that he, um, at Horizon Labs to read the paper and see what Spider-Man did over those 24 hours that he needs to do to make sure this doesn't happen. And I thought it was the ending. I guess both of you two read it. I didn't read it yet, actually. Oh, okay. I read it. I like the cliffhanger ending uh, at the end of the first issue. You know, usually I'm so used to the like big cliffhanger ending, but this one is Spider-Man um, going, stopping various crimes and meeting up with villains and doing what the paper said he did, and then it still left, is left up in the air. Like, am I still going to be able to prevent this from happening? It's not like this huge splash page ending, but it was a cool little... You know, just ended out of nowhere. I liked it. I liked it too. I liked that the whole book has a the theme of it is kind of beating the clock and racing to that time to make sure he prevents this devastated, destructed New York. And by the time it's one minute away from that time, he has no idea if he succeeded. And at that point, he's sitting there desperately thinking, "What do I do? What do I do?" And it ends. Mm-hmm. And it was fun to have just such an exhilarating. Jerry Bruckheimer like ending. Yeah, I loved for a it. Book. You know, and I've been uh, making fun of Spider Man for a long time. Makes me happy to hear. So, what's crazy is not to bring up old stuff, and Uh-oh. I bring don't it. do. I'm bring not not trolling. This is all serious. <laughs> oh, this Amazing Spider Man six seventy eight uh, is the third issue to come out in four weeks, okay. and it's all good. <laughs> like it's just cool. They have not dropped quality, and they're just cranking these bad boys out left and right. Sly Ramos. You know? That's right. The combo <laughs> of those two. It's unbeatable right now. I've been telling you guys this for a long time. <laughs> Nobody guy. listens to me. I know. I, I'm so ignorant sometimes. I, yeah, Dale, why? Why didn't you know? You should have written this all along. loves beer. I'm going to keep the spider love going with Amazing wow. Spider-Man number three. Spider keg over here. Let me tell you right now, folks. Avenging Spider-Man number three features these following things. J. Jonah Jameson in rock armor. Yeah. Spider-Man as a gladiator-type warrior going up against the thing that just killed the Red Hulk. Oh, thank God he's dead. And Forever. the mm. best Peter Parker, J. Jonah interaction one-liners I have read in a long time. Mm. Zeb Wells may be able to wrestle the Maestro title away wow. from Scott Snyder. You need to go pick up the first three issues of Avenging Spider-Man, hmm. even if you panned one and two, and sit down and read them. Hmm. I was, you know, what I read uh, Avenging One because I was like, oh yeah, it was Ed Wells, and I was like, oh Red Hulk, uh, you know, it doesn't really turn me He's on. Terrible. I read the second issue just because I want to give it a chance. Uh, third issue was going to be like the Dakin 
question, mm-hmm. you know. Oh yeah. And then, uh, but it really turned me around on it. Those, uh, just those conversations with um, Jay Jonah and Peter Parker as he's like saving his life, and yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Jay Jonah is like, so I'm I'm to believe that the Red Hulk was dead, and you just beat uh, the Rock Lord with what webs and what equips, and Peter's like, well, yeah, kinda. Yeah. Uh, uh, hilarious. Mm. You, you've got to go read it. It was a gr- it was a great book because he pointed out to JJ J J J J that uh he he knows that J Jonah just talks to him like he's a piece of crap but Spider-Man's look well, look I know you're going to talk to me like this because you know I'm never going to put you in harm's way and I'm always going to put you to safety and yet you still continue to walk all over me and you know what and that's fine he's he's almost like that's the way the relationship is but I can't let you stay here I got to get you to safety so just keep talking and belittling me and everything else, and that's that's our relationship. It was so funny to have it like recognized. Hmm. Maybe I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You really should. Probably won't. But yeah, it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> Not to belittle me or, or anything. It's one of those kind of shows. He's hopped up on cold medicine. Uh, only here, folks. <laughs> Mark Farrington, you've been called uh, things. The 2012 entrepreneur to watch. Really? Yeah, by Rations Magazine. Sweet. I'll take it. <laughs> by Rations um, What are you reading right now? I went back a little bit. I read Planetary, Batman, Night on Earth. Mm. Warren Ellis and John Cassidy. Now you got to pan it like you did the whole entire yeah. lot of Planetary <laughs> yeah. and send me to the bathroom crying. I'm going to do quite the opposite. Spraying sectoid Uh-oh. stuff in my mouth. I'm going to say that I wish Planetary, the series, was as good as this. Oh, come on now. Starts as a typical Planetary story. Elijah Snow and company are in an alternate version of Gotham to investigate a descendant of City Zero, kind of a concentration camp where the government was trying to manufacture superhuman beings. Elijah Snow is meeting with the head of the Gotham version of planetary organization, Dick Grayson, and he starts explaining the crisis of infinite Earths. Next thing you know, they're standing over a dead body, and Batman somehow gets involved. He begins fighting the planetary crew, and him and Jakita are having a pretty heated battle. Mm, I got heated. You yeah. should. Side note, I read this in Comixology app. I did the guided view, uh-huh. and this is one of the first times I've ever read a book and got guided view. The fight scenes in this book alone yeah. were made to be read on guided view. You want a job? Love it. <laughs> See me after. <laughs> Just the panel-by-panel panel shots. I want a job. It's like, okay. I get this. This is cool. It's worth reading. It was a different experience. But what's cool about it is, is they're fighting over this guy, and Planetary is saying that, hey, he needs, he murdered people, but he's sick and needs help. Batman's saying, he's a murderer in my city. I don't care. That puts them at odds. This guy is also bouncing them between realities. So in one fight, they're fighting the Batman that we know. The next, they are fighting the Adam West version of Batman, who beats Jakita by spraying her with bat female villain repellent spray. <laughs> Next thing you know, they bounce to another reality. They're fighting the Dark Knight Returns version of Batman. Should have sprayed her with a name change form. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They go to the Neil Adams version. They go to the original gun-toting version. And it's just, it's a great story. Like I said, this is everything that I wish Planetary was. Oh, so Warren Ellis was funny. It was well-written, great fight scenes, great sci-fi action. Very strange that you put them on different levels of enjoyment, the series and that issue. I was thinking about that. I, I think you should read it again. Yeah, first, I uh, think you should. The series? 27 issues. 
You I think come, I should read them separate. You come back next lightning round with the whole series under your belt again. I think you should read them in separate sittings. You know, I was talking to some friends about it who loved it and hated it. The people who seemed to not like it as much read it separately. Read I don't it think... all the night before. Exactly. Reading it in one sitting, I didn't care for it too much. Yeah, I don't think I ever read it. Um, that book had a crazy release schedule. So I read it, you know, I think there was some, like, a year, there might have been a year break in between some issues. Wasn't a, what's the name, Sick? Uh, I'm not sure. Batman? But there was at least, a, there was, I know it was at least a month in between every issue, if not six months. Yeah, that book did get panned for its random, sparse release dates. Mm-hmm. And there were times when they would go 13, 14 months without releasing another issue. Yeah. But when you look at it, the series kind of worked like that because very rarely did they have a to-be-continued cliffhanger. Yeah, ending. it was all one-piece issues, which I enjoyed. Exactly. Thanks for that, Mark. I uh, appreciate your honesty. Yeah. But we need to get into... Good review. The lightning round. Oh, boy. Um... Starting us off with the lightning round, this is the hottest segment that's sweeping the nation. Absolutely. Burning 100%. down the internet. Two sentences or less, a book that you've read. Give us your lightning review, internet champion, Dale underscore A on the Twitter. Here we go. Fables, number 112. I never believed that whole cock and bull story that you couldn't pick up a book at any time and read it and enjoy it. I don't know what's happening in this book because it is not a book that you can read by itself. i got to read the first 111 issues to understand what's happening right now. It's like five. Lightning paragraph. <laughs> they were long. They I were forgot long. we were even in the lightning round there for a minute. <laughs> that was a wrong, bad choice of book. Uncanny X Force. Twenty. There yeah. it is. There it is. Seriously. The hottest X Men book in the last twenty years. Just hit a bump in the road. Whoa. Ooh. Last of the greats, number four. The most shocking comic I read in years. Sodomy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness! Is that a a a sense or is that like a semicolon before sodomy? Period. Sodomy. (laughs) Period. Wow. Amazing Spider-Man six seventy-seven. With his ability to find the voice in any character, this book continues to demonstrate why Wade is my favorite writer. If you don't like Amazing Spider-Man, then you don't like comics because it is the best and most consistent mainstream title being published. Do we not even remember the lightning oh. round anymore? He had it written down. There was definitely two sentences there. Grammar. Um, I read stuff. It's time to get into the book club. No, right this now. might be the shortest episode ever. Uh, we're f- we're flying by. We're on we're on pace, my friend. Gladstones, school. For world conquerors. Super villains. <laughs> <laughs> if you listen to Mark. Right. Mark, Mark Andrew Smith and Armand V. Evert. Taking liberty with that pronunciation because of the double L's. Uh, this is a fantastic read. 
I'm just gonna put it out there yeah, right you're now. Right out of the gates, loved with it. it. Right I just want to throw it in your face <laughs> that I loved it. Um, Anytime you want. The children of supervillains are in school for supervillains. You know, they go through the the classes that every child supervillain should take. Absolutely, the uh, basics. Absolutely. Uh, six issues. This first volume got on the comics app. Disclaimer: work for Comicsology. And uh, it's revealed during this story that the heroes and villains have signed an agreement to keep the peace. So the fights that take place in the city are all staged. It's like WWF. Right. Um, and it's all planned out. Uh, the kids in the school don't realize this yet. They don't know that their parents have, you know, signed a treaty and that, you know, the, the good fight isn't really happening anymore. So you see the the children go through school and you know some some, some slight romance, yeah, you know, right? Uh, and like any good high school story, absolutely. And One they, Tree Hill, you know, <laughs> <laughs> any of that. We're all fans of that, obviously. So um, yeah. through the six issues, you see them going through class. Um, you see a rogue supervillain not happy with the treaty, so they're policing their own. And then you see the kids band together after um, one of the students reads a comic book and several comic books and sees that their parents are being painted as total losers and they never win. So they band together to fight you know, their parents' main villain and then, a, then the secret is revealed uh, to, to all of them. Actually, no, I don't even think it's revealed really to the kids at the end of the first arc. No, at the so. end of issue six, the, they... I still don't think they know. Yeah, only the two kids know, and they right. they keep it from the other ones. The Skull I, Kids, or whatever mm-hmm. they're called. The the superhero implies it though that they end up fighting. Right. Yeah. That's what I thought that the superhero told the kids yeah. during that battle. I think he told the the kid that um, the alien. Hang on, I can't remember his name. Yeah, Martian he, Jones. Martian yeah. Jones. Yeah, he, yeah. he, he told Martian character, Jones right before he sh- he got sh- he shot him. Um, Jones, he loves beer. Tell me what you thought of this book. Let's see. There, there are so many nice things to say. Where do I want to start? Uh, first of all, for kind of a straightforward concept, I was kind of amazed how the writer was able to get so much out of it. Like there are so many uh, facets to kind of the simple premise. Uh, one being, all right, that the kids can't learn about the truth of their, you know, their existence until they're a little bit older. Um, and also the kind of secret cabal of villains that polices other villains uh, about how there's a faction of, of uh, supervillains out there that want to really hurt the uh, the superheroes. And, um, and also at the end of the book, when they do confront said superhero, um, that they're mad because of the comic books painting their parents as losers. That like stuff like comic books are like contraband, mm-hmm. so the kids don't find out. So when they do eventually fight and defeat this guy, like they're like, "Oh my god, we, we didn't, we didn't want to, you know." Yeah, we don't. I don't, don't want to spoil yeah, I mean, it, but we right. didn't want to kill him, but we did. So it's like it's that weird. For me, it was kind of like, how are these kids supervillains not okay with taking a life because they're supposed to be bred to be so evil, mm-hmm. and then you realize that you know that. That's kind of being curbed to keep the peace. Like it's on, on so many levels, it's such a good read. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would I would go and say it's it's an all ages book. It's got great art. Uh, 
Um, and it's also it's got funny, witty one-liners. It's got puppy love stuff you could give to to somebody young, and they would get something out of it. And then uh, you know, as an older reader, you know, I got it on different levels that were very satisfying. It's just mm-hmm. it it's a really great book. And when I read issue six, I immediately went for issue seven and found that I could not get it. Yeah, so did I. Disappointing. I looked at the. Did anyone see what the, the release date for issue six was? October of last year. Was it really? Yeah. yeah so was. I was kind of bummed to see. I I mean I yeah. I didn't really dig and research to see if there was another issue out or it was delayed. But no, I think they're kind of doing like Robo, and they're releasing books when they have a full arc. Oh, oh so cool. they're working on the next no, I like issues that. now. I can forgive but, that. Yeah, yeah, but they're not going to finish it. They're not going to release until they have, I guess, another six issues in it as a whole arc. Um, this book also does. Um, Kind of like tropes that I that I kind of really enjoy, so I always like seeing them crop up. Like one is they're going to the mummy girl's uh, parents, Pharaoh's house, mm-hmm. but they have to fight their way through all this through all this stuff. And then the Pharaoh opens the door and he's like, oh, "Who goes there?" And he's like, "Oh my god, you brought your friends home. I'll get you something <laughs> right. to eat. You know, if <laughs> yeah, you want to yeah. go start your room." Like I just love that reversal. And uh, the one issue where kid uh, nefarious kid nefarious's father. Uh, every week he has this huge battle in this unknown sector of the universe uh, to bring this rare flower home to his wife. And it's like, it tells the story in like eight pages, this epic battle. And he gets home and she's already got like 15 of them. Right. Yeah. Just, and then he goes back the next week and they're just like, here, take it. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. I mean, it's just like stuff that, that, that it doesn't really blow you away story wise, but it, it just put, puts a smile on the face. Mm hmm. It was very like uh, you know you got the the Incredibles feel to it because it's yeah. like you know superheroes and supervillains in their everyday life and their kids are going to school and stuff. What a I mean what a, an amazing book! I love the concept of it and the uh, the little uh, jokes and stuff that they have in each and every issue and the uh, I love the uh, little spiel that Mummy Girl went on about yeah. comic books and how they're a form of education. Nobody but nobody takes them seriously and if. More oh, people yeah. were to take comics seriously, they would see that they'd be right up there with, uh, you know, like Shakespeare and other. And right, other yeah, that was authors. great. I yeah. love that splash page because she was like speaking. She was supposed to be talking kid affairs, but at that point, she's like speaking to the audience. <laughs> it was really cool how they kind of worked that in. The um, there was a bunch of stuff that I have to at this point. I have to assume that the writer was a wrestling fan, like the way that the superhero fights are billed. They were like pay per views, and they're making money off of it. Right, and there was a lot of like wrestling references and inside jokes that I that would almost seem like he was a wrestling fan. There was a there was a lot of these kind of pop culture references. There's one part where the uh, announcers that are watching the fight, and one of the guys says, "Right, you are Ken." Like, uh, what oh, was that show uh, on uh, MTV? On uh, Spike is like Spike TV. The, Kenny... the, the claymation one? No, the uh, what was oh, it? Oh, um, I know what you're talking Ninja... about. I can't remember the name. Damn. Brain fart. It, what it's, are you talking a, about? it's an acronym, isn't it? Wasn't it an acronym? The show name? Oh, maybe. I can't remember. Are you talking about the one where it's like live action, but they just overdub stuff? It's yeah. Like, it's like the Asian people are like... <sighs> Most extreme partic- elimination challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. MXC. MXC. Oh, MXC. I love that show. Right, you are, Ken. <laughs> Kenny Blankenship. Oh, what a great show that was. And uh, if you look, it, it's so funny because all the background characters in the school are like complete clones of other Comic book characters, yeah. yeah. Like the, I, the male Poison Ivy. Yeah, there was a Cyclops in there. Yeah, I, I saw mean, that. They don't have speaking I, I parts, which is so funny. I saw Doctor Doom. Yeah, Doctor Doom's in there. Iron Man and um, 
Martian Manhunter? There was one oddity that if there was any negative, it was just kind of a question mark. Uh, the second or third issue, um, it almost the way that the artist drew Kid Nefarious and the other kids, it looked like it jumped four years, four or five years in advance. They looked older. Anyone else notice that in like the second or third issue? Yeah, I did notice that Kid Nefarious looked like completely ba, like he was sixteen, and yeah, like an adult. Yeah, you're right because they they were kind of drawn real cutesy, while the uh, the adults were definitely drawn. A more grown-up way, but mm-hmm. by the end of the uh, third or fourth issue, they are like g- grown up, especially Kid Nefarious. Right? And Did you uh, read this in the app too, Dale? Yeah. Comicsology? Uh yeah. Because when you when you uh, fired up Comicsology, you get the pinups right after the um, like the next week or next yeah, month, or the pinups right after like the title page. Because uh, I think I bought this as a volume. You can buy it as a volume. Right. That's right? how I read it. Yeah. So I got the. Uh, the pinups right there, and it almost threw me for a loop right away because I was seeing these this young cast, some standalones, and then there's like a pinup of like the older version. I'm like, it put me in a place like, wow, what the hell am I gonna read that? One day they're young, one day they're old. What's going on? And then you know, yeah, when know, you read the book, I think it's it. the issue with the flower where the art style makes them all look older, but then it I it, think you're right. It too. changes a little bit and makes them younger. And there was all there's also always the cool shots where. They show them as like young kids acting. Like when they get emotional, they show them as like their young selves. Oh but yeah, still in yeah. the costume <laughs> and stuff. That was cool. It reminds me of uh, who's the DC artist that does those little drawings. The Tiny Titans. Dustin Wynn. Dustin Wynn. Dustin Wynn. Art and Franco, isn't it? Bart Balthazar. I guess yeah, they do that too for Tiny Titans. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted this was. Like, very rarely, I, you know, when we do a lot of these episodes, will I go immediately to the next issue. But I literally, as soon as we were done, this, I was like, all right, well, let me get the next volume or the next right. issue. Weren't there. And that was a bummer. Yeah, I actually, uh, I had started reading my weekly reading until Tuesday. And kind of usually I slough through it and then try to go reread it again to make some notes. And uh, I blazed through this. Uh, front to back, and then I just I reread it again, but I, I, I just as quickly. Such a great read, and I, it doesn't hang you up anywhere. You just keep going. Yeah, and I like how there's there's like kind of like an adult element to it because you're in a school and these I mean they're kids, but those two skull brothers you know are like completely insane and mm-hmm. they could BS crazy. <laughs> like their mom raised them to be that way, but you know like they are a they are head and shoulders above, like, crazy level than all the other kids in the school. And they know it. They just kind of keep it under wraps. But when they went to go visit their mom in prison, man. And they took their masks off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're, they're just they're blank eyes. And you just know that they can just go and just Michael Myers on <laughs> some poor cat in the woods. And... I, yeah, that, that page freaked me out because I didn't get it at first that they were just kind of like – wacky kids and kind of off the <laughs> beaten path and I saw their eyes I was like whoa that's kind of an odd page <laughs> yeah yeah and then I you know keep reading because I kind of forgot that they got told the backstory between the heroes and villains and then in the last issue you see them kind of withhold that information that the superhero is trying to tell the kids like hey you know you don't know that this is all fake and then they yeah you know they convinced Martian Jones that he was lying or he wouldn't say anything yeah. I love Martian Jones <laughs> yeah not just because we Share the same name, but what a great character. <laughs> you share the Jim. same name with like 30 million people. Yeah, I know. You can't really yeah. get excited about it anymore. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I can't wait until uh, 
Wait, do we get Mark? Do we get your opinion on the book? No. Mark's asleep. Mm-mm. No, I'm paying attention. What's, what is your What's your overall vibe on uh, Gladstones? Got to be honest with you, I didn't care for oh, it. God. Oh God, here we go. Mark. You know, this is the prime reason why you let somebody finish. So they can prove you wrong. That's okay, true. let's hear let's hear this. It was like planetary. He just didn't know. Uh, <laughs> what else uh, did I think? This fucking guy. Oh, oh, whoa, oh sorry, whoa, whoa. sorry. I had to get our downloads back up somehow. The explicit tag. I didn't care for it through the first half of the first issue because I just didn't get it. And then towards the end, or at least to the point where you see the main hero and one of the villains talking before one of their fights. Okay, this is how it's going to go. You're going to have me on the ropes. You're going to knock over a water tower, and then I'm going to beat you. At that point, I started to get drawn in. And I did not not like it. I just didn't get it. And once I got it, it turned into a page turner for me. Uh, my immediate reaction to this book is kind of like you, Jonesy. It's in all ages. But there's something in it for everybody. My knee-jerk reaction when I think of this is like I think of Shrek, meaning I could watch this with a little kid, and I'll see it in five different ways and my son would see it in five different ways mm-hmm. or if i give this to a non-comic reader they'll like the story they'll like the kids they'll like the characters but being a sci-fi and comic fan all my life i'll just see all the little jokes and all the little side panels and all the little tropes and it'll keep me entertained so i liked it mm. wow okay. didn't think i would the uh, the writer, what is his name, Mark Andrew Smith? Yes. He also does another book I want to check out, The New Brighton Arche- Archaeological Society. That seems like a pretty cool book, too. Yeah, the um, the, uh, the the artist that designed the logo um, is like really popular on Tumblr. He does kind of the oh, really? his versions of movie posters or little blurbs. Oh. And he has a book with him in the app. But I'm not positive it's just the same one, so I want to check that out. So overall, this is this is the first. Is this one of the first books in a while that we've all enjoyed? Yeah, I think it could be. I think so. But a great book to uh, to bring our love back together. Who knows how long, long it'll last? Can tell you what though, this is the first book in a long time. I was sorry to see end. Yeah, can't yeah, wait. definitely. Can't wait for the new issues to come out. Keep your eyes out, people. I'll put it on my alert list. I want a nice hard We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. Man, that uh, cold makes you sound so throaty over there. <laughs> throaty. What are you doing after this episode? Uh, what are you doing? We get Hey-o. letters every week. Inappropriate. Um, we're running out of time. We might not have time to read all the letters. Oh, okay. Let's hurry then, because we want to get all the readers' letter, read, listeners' letters in. <laughs> Why bother? <laughs> We'll start oh, with bother. A, we'll start with a longtime listener letter from Don Garvey saying it's a bummer that you guys didn't like Transmet. It's the book along with Preacher that got me back into comics for a brief time in the late nineties. I liked it. Despite not liking Transmet, you all took the classy route when describing why. There's no sin in not liking something other people like. And I really appreciate your confidence to go ahead and say that. And the fact that you did it without being jerks about it. You didn't attack Transmet fans, you really didn't even attack Ellis. What is there to disagree with except to say, quote, bummer, I liked it. There's nothing worse than attacking something, excuse me, attacking someone for not sharing your love for something. You can't make someone like something, and no one should feel pressured to do so. Don Garvey. Some rebuttal oh, kick. Don Garvey of EchoRift.com fame. Yeah, they're a webcomic with Mike Connolly. Guys tearing it up. Trans Metropolitan was the uh, book club last week. Correct. Uh, 
set the internet on cold fire. <laughs> we got more Twitter feedback on that episode than previous episodes. Uh, correct. Yes, um, we did. I didn't care for it. You know, I, I made it known. You did. You know? You're making it known now. Okay. Beth Corto showed up out of nowhere and stopped in for that episode and talked about it. Uh, yeah, I think we said all we can say about it last last week. Yeah, I agree. Check it out. Great book. Check it out. Do we have uh, one more uh, email, Mark? We'll go with the short one. I see you giving me what the we're running out of time gesture. Frederico says, love the show. Just started a few weeks back with Starman. I recommend some classic crisis events for a book club soon, even though some non-DC readers may not like it. Classic DC stuff. The end. What was the what were the titles? Was it in, what? I recommend some classic crisis events. So I'm assuming he means Crisis on Infinite Earths, Infinite Crisis, or maybe even Identity What's Crisis. Identity crisis what? Flashpoint Crisis. Final Crisis. What's the oldest crisis book? What was the first one? Crisis of Infinite Earths back in 1985. Was that by... What was the what was one of the iconic covers on that? Was that the Flash one or the Supergirl? Both of those. Oh, okay. Wow. By uh, Marv Wolfman and George Perez. Wolfman, stretching my muscles here in my uh, old DC knowledge. I know I DC historian knowledge. <laughs> it's what the power of Robitussin. Uh, is that in the app? I'm trying to think if if Infinite Earths is in the app. Was that a good one? Did you read it? I read it. It's he thick. modeled it's his intense. life after that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Would we enjoy it? Probably not. All right, then you'd walk away it. with no, a lot of questions. It. Yeah, you'd never get through it. Is is Catman featured prominently in the series? We can only imagine that Catman and that uh, Cat Green Lantern is are the stars of that. Oh, uh, what is it? Green name? Lantern, Dex Star. Red, yeah, Dexstar. a Dex Star, the Red Lantern Cat. Dex, nope. Dex Star. had a rough life. Dex Star is amazing. Poor little thing. Uh, no. Yeah, <laughs> Dexstar. Thanks for coming by, Dexstar. Uh, but I ever tell you when I had my gallbladder out last year, the Raza <laughs> drew me a picture of Dexstar hanging from a clothesline and said, "Hang in there." <laughs> I think he does that for everybody that has their gallbladder. Out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man, <laughs> I thought I was special. My wife got one too. Uh, thanks for staying with us. Thanks for listening. You know, wind calm despite the head cold. We kept it short and sweet this week. Intro was a little rocky. Very but... snappy. Oh, you know what? Next time. We'll get the next time. You, know, you, can do, you know what? I challenge you, Dale. You're doing the intros next episode. Oh. Whoa. I challenge you. Whoa. The gauntlet has been dropped. Next Next episode. You have a whole week to think about it. Sorry. Talking about <laughs> Mage. The hero discovered. Matt Wagner. The hero discovered. Matt Wagner. Cult classic. Beloved book. Next week. We'll see everyone next week. Bye. Write us an iTunes review. <laughs> Child, please. Settle. Slam. What did you say, Gen Z? Uh, I was talking about, uh, do you want to talk about Transmet? No, the, I don't want to talk no, about the book anymore. You don't want to talk about the book? Why it's Matt would have stunned the show it's not the worst book and us as friends? Uh...
Transmetropolitan. Yeah, it's brought us closer together, folks. About this uh, racket upstairs, can can you listeners hear? I hope no one heard both of our children wrestling to the death. Wow. And the fact that none of you ran upstairs to see what was going on. My wife is That's up dedication. there. She has control of it. See, what it is the insecticide that you sprayed into this room <laughs> started to seep upwards <laughs> and driven your children mad. This is our shortest show ever, 45 minutes. That's really far. I told you, it went by at a clip. Man, you know, I think it was the down. news segment. Like, I don't think we just weren't into Plus, it. I didn't want to talk for that long. Plus, I did shitty intros. You're you should sick. say it. Jesus. Hey, hey, FC intros. Hey it's, hey, it's an Easter I'm egg. Sure I can curse. <laughs> <laughs> Josie apparently makes the rules for Easter eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thanks, thanks to Josie for creating the Easter egg. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I, if I only have one contribution to the show, at least it's Easter eggs. Uh, Fire Sunders will live forever. That's true. In oh, the hearts God. of men and women everywhere. I hear someone crying. They've got our letters. Man, That's mine, I think. Maybe we should go check up on them. Yeah, we should. Uh, we'll see. Maybe Jonesy will be here next week. I don't know. I'm not sure. Fire Dale, me. Dale's going to be doing the intros, though. Oh, yeah. Dale, are uh-huh. you going to pick up the gauntlet and do this? I have a lot to I prepare. believe in you. I have to. You challenged me. I can't. Do you want to take like it. an hour and a half? His anxiety break? is now through the rough. Uh, yeah, it's, it is going through the roof right now. Through uh, the rough. <laughs> Mark, give us one word preview on your thoughts on Mage. For the for the listeners for next week, eh. <laughs> that's like every word you ever say ever. <laughs> eh. Superman. No, they had a they had a mention of Captain Marvel in the book. That wasn't enough to raise your spirits. Nah, my pants didn't even tighten. <laughs> it's always it was that. just there. All right, we'll assuming uh, you're wearing pants. Uh, we'll <laughs> see everybody next week. Bye.